Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. There is a passage that I want us to look at, Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 15. I want to start reading at verse 11, Joshua 14, verses 6 through 15, and I'm going to trust that you will read chapters 13 and chapter 14 in terms of background for the message. I'm reading from the New International Version, and I begin with these words, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba, after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Just for a few moments today, I want to preach about a faithful man, and for all of our sisters, what I say about a faithful man could be easily applicable to a sermon titled A Faithful Woman. The dictionary defines faithful as worthy of trust, doing one's duty, keeping one's promise, loyal. Synonyms for faithful include true committed, accurate, close, and authentic. However we define it, faithfulness is an increasingly rare quality and commodity. In fact, I would say that if faithfulness was a bird or an animal, it would be an endangered species. We need not look any further than our marriages, families, and churches To see evidence that people no longer say what they mean and mean what they say. The self-centeredness and the self-absorption that has become so rampant in our society today is taking hostages. Prenuptial agreement, absentee father, severance, and surrogate are some of the many words and phrases that are used today to describe the shifting, uncertain, and shallow nature of our relationships. Faithfulness is hard to find. 
faithful people like Caleb in our text. They're not 50-yard dashes. They're marathoners. There's a lot of sprinters in the church. Oh, they sprint in here on Sunday and they sprint out. They sprint so fast I can't greet them on Sunday morning. But there are not enough marathoners. A few years ago, the St. Louis uh, city, our city hosted the trials for the women's Olympic marathon. I remember reading that the favored runner for the marathon, the one who most believe would head the women's Olympic team for the United States, did not win because her pace at the beginning of the race was much too fast and she was unable to sustain it. Caleb, the man in our view this morning, he was able to sustain his pace. We meet him in the text at the point in his life when he's approximately 85 years old. Yet for his generation and ours too, he is a lesson, a model in faithfulness. He had not opted for early retirement, but was looking for another challenge, another opportunity. And he says to Joshua, Caleb says to him, would you give me another mountain? Would you give me another mountain? So this morning I've taken a biopsy of the text and I want to share with you the results of my findings. I want us to look at the DNA in the text, the divinely nurtured attributes, and I believe they support the assertion that Caleb was a faithful man. Would you like to know what the text yielded to me this morning? A faithful man. He was a faithful man in the first instance because the text would tell us he was a devoted man. He was a devoted man. If you read verse 8, I, I did not read verse 8 to save time, but verse 8 says he wholly followed the Lord. He wholly followed the Lord. This affirmation is repeated again in the text and is a reference to something that God himself acknowledged back in the book of Numbers when the Israelites were standing on the brink of the promised land and only Caleb and Joshua came back with a good report about the possibilities that lay before the people and God said of him, not anybody else, God said, here's a man who wholly followed me. The assertion is remarkable in itself. I love Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of verse 8 in this text. He says, or has Caleb saying, my companions who went with me discouraged the people, but I stuck to my guns, totally with God, my God. This devoted man was totally with God. He stuck, say stuck. He stuck with his guns. He was totally in, totally with God, totally with God's plan, totally with God's purposes, and totally with God's promises. He was not unlike the young boy of nine years old who lay on a hospital bed next to his older sister. The sister was very ill, and she needed a blood transfusion. The doctors had confirmed that her younger brother's blood type was a match for his sister and had approved and scheduled the transfusion. 
as this young boy lie in a bed next to his sister, watching his blood flow through the tubes that connected them together. He looked up with solemn eyes and asked the doctor, when am I going to die? Apparently the doctors had failed to explain clearly the nature of a blood transfusion. But that notwithstanding, he was not deterred from the procedure because he would gladly offer his own life in order that his sister might get well. I believe this young brother was totally in. So many people live their lives today like occupants of a burning building. They're always looking for exits. One foot in the marriage and one foot out. One foot in the friendship and one foot out. Can I say this? One foot in the church and one foot out. One foot in the ministry and one foot out. They're ready to exit at the slightest provocation, at the slightest sign of trouble. They are not ready to stick to their guns. They're not totally in. He was a devoted man, but he was also faithful because he was a delivered man. Caleb was not only devoted, but the text tells us he was delivered. Caleb, like his contemporary Joshua, was faithful. Years earlier, when Israel balked and blinked at the good report they brought back from the promised land, after they had spied it out and God punished Israel by sentencing them to wander 40 years in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb did not escape that fate, but then when he reflects on it in this text, in verse 10 he says, the Lord has kept me. The Lord has kept me alive. He has spared my life. He has saved me. He has delivered me from discouragement, disbelief, and death. Is there anybody here today who can look back over the tracks of their life and say, the Lord, I wish I had somebody in here. The Lord has kept me. Is there anybody here today that can look back and say, if it had not, if it had not been Father, Lord, oh my, I know he's kept me. Oh, to be kept by, not by the Republicans or the Democrats, not by the liberals or the conservatives, not by my job, but oh, to be kept by Jesus. There ought to be some spared folk in the house today. When, when you know you ain't here because you were so good. When you know you are not here because, come on somebody. 
Max Licato has been a blessing to the church. When Caleb makes a statement, the historical context, the reference is that moment, that marvelous moment that turned tragic in Israel's life. When they could have walked out on faith and experienced God's blessings and yet they chose to go back because when they compared themselves to the people in the land, they saw them as giants. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. Lucado writes a wonderful book called Facing Your Giants. He deals with the reality we should all accept the real giants are not the ones on the outside. The real giants are the ones that we carry with us. That live inside of us. Live in our memories. And in the first chapter of this book, he has a compelling passage. I want to read it for you. He says, your Goliath doesn't carry a sword or shield. He brandishes the blades of unemployment, abandonment, sexual abuse, or depression. Your giant doesn't parade up and down the hills of Elah. He prances through your office, your bedroom, and your classroom. He brings you bills you can't pay, grades you can't make, people you can't please, whiskey you can't resist, pornography you can't refuse, a career you can't escape, a past you can't shake, and a future you can't face. I saw a couple of my giants in that passage. He spared me. And he's brought me here alive. W.A. Morganfield, great preacher, southern preacher, many don't know about him, and it's true of some of our greatest preachers in the tradition of the African-American church because media technology wasn't what it is today. And he wrote a song, Thank You, Sir. And there's a line in the song I love, and it's this, I could have been dead and buried in my grave. He spoke one word and made old death behave. Thank you, sir. Thank you. The sad, tragic news of the untimely death of the iconic and gifted singer Whitney Houston, found dead in her room in Beverly Hills, a hotel at the age of 48. Even the stellar heights to which her angelic voice took her could not insulate her from the giants that stardom and fame brought into her life. We have all, don't you look down on Whitney. We've all had our stuff. It may not have been a drug addiction, but you were attached to something. That didn't mean you no good. We've all faced our giants of unbridled passions, unchecked pleasures, and unbalanced prosperity. But I'm a witness today that God has spared me. To borrow from the lyrics of one of Whitney's most notable songs, the greatest love of all is happening inside me. And it's not self-love. It is the awareness of a loving God that look beyond my faults and see my knees who did not allow me to perish 
in my wilderness of discouragement and disillusionment and frustration, but he watched over me. So a faithful man is a devoted man, a delivered man, someone who can say, God has saved my life. But a faithful man is a daring man. Caleb, in verse 11 of the text, makes an astounding statement. He says, after reflecting on God's deliverance in the wilderness, and I don't want you to read too fast when you go back and look at this. He said, even after 40 years in the wilderness, and let me put this in so, so I don't lose some of you here. Wilderness takes on different forms. Don't think trees, deserts, don't go geographic on me. He said, after 40 years in the wilderness, he said, I'm still, anybody in the wilderness? Anybody, you may not have been dealing with it for 40 years, but you've been dealing with something. It could be nobody know it but you and God. It could be that only a small circle of folk know behind the smiley face there's some pain in your life. But he said, after 40 years in the wilderness, I'm still as strong as I was when Moses spoke those words to me. He said, I'm still strong. See, I want to tell you something. Maybe somebody get on board here. See, wilderness don't just make you cry. Wildernesses can make you shout. When you find yourself in a wilderness and you know nobody can help you but God and you see folk falling dead all around you. Let me put it this way. You see other folk losing their jobs. Uh, you see other marriages crumbling and if it had not been for the grace of God, yours would too. You see somehow, even with the physical infirmity that the doctors can't do nothing about, you're still able to go on anyhow. But something uh, happened while you were in your wilderness. God did not weaken you, but God strengthened you. Somebody said that something that don't kill you will make you strong. I'm not strong this morning because of the good stuff that happened in my life. We expect good things to happen. That's why Rabbi Harold Kushner had to ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And if I had the rabbi here this morning, I'd ask him who's good. But when you in the wilderness, I think I'm going to take this exit right here. I got another point, but I'm going to get off right here. This looks like a good spot to get off with. But when you in the wilderness and everybody thinks you down, they counted you out and you don't grow weaker, you grow stronger because that wilderness experience, that rebellious child, that fractured relationship, that unemployment situation, it drove you down on your knees and made you have a little talk with Jesus. It was in the wilderness, in the hospital room, when you really learned how to pray, you stretched out and said, Father, I 
storm. Uh, don't get upset uh, because God uh, can prepare a table for you uh, in a wilderness. Uh, is he able? Uh, faithful man. Favor man, devoted, delivered, daring, I'm almost through, I'm trying to sit down, I'm trying to stop, but I had to do a search early this morning, I began to perform a search, I was looking for a man who was devoted, delivered, and daring. I stopped at Moses, but I couldn't stay there. I stopped at Elijah, but I couldn't stay there. I stopped at Joseph, I couldn't stay there. I stopped at Ezekiel, but I couldn't stay there. Stopped at Jeremiah, couldn't stay there. Stopped at Paul, but I couldn't stay there. Stopped at Peter, couldn't stay there. Stopped at John Mark, couldn't stay there. Stopped at Barnabas, but I couldn't stay there. But early this morning, I found a faithful man on a hill, on a hill, on a hill, on a hill called Calvary. He died, he died, he was devoted, he was delivered, he was daring. When he got through dying, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit but that's not all early 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 Sunday morning he got up he got up he got up he'll get up in your life is he able is he able is he able is he able You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.